Hello, welcome to another episode of the Daily. Jan is here, and it's Wednesday, 15th July. The other day, I was enjoying some me time, or shall I say, trying to enjoy some me time at home. Had my feet up and my laptop with earphones, listening to a 15 minute video. It was the afternoon. Our son was home from school and he was adamant to do pretend play with this makeshift little house we made with some bed sheets and cardboard boxes in his bedroom. It was one of those afternoons when he just needed to pull me to have a look at what he's doing every 15 minutes. Two hours later, I was still trying to finish this 15 minute video and I was only two thirds in. It was at that point I had this fleeting image of every parent's laptop with a serious dent in all our space bars from pausing and unpausing too many times. And the number of times I took my earphones out and put them back on. Oh man. Which is why, you know, we've been going every weekday. Kudos to you if you've been listening to our episodes day in and day out, despite the challenges, distractions or demands that you may face to just even get to the end of these episodes. Good going, good going. For what it's worth, whatever you manage to listen to, even if in part sometimes, we pray that the daily has been of nourishment to your soul somehow by the grace of God. Question. Have you ever found yourself wondering about David the little boy who slayed Goliath? He was raised familiar with the task and the terrain of sheep herding. He was a shepherd. He was one of Jesse's sons, who had eight sons altogether, of which David was the youngest. And scripture records that when the prophet Samuel went to Jesse's house, following God's instructions, and requested that Jesse present his sons to him so that he could anoint the one God has chosen to succeed Saul as king of Israel, Jesse didn't think about presenting David. He, so he brings his other sons before Samuel, but not David. After filtering one by one, God doesn't give the nod, and so Samuel has to ask Jesse, are these all the sons you've got? Which is kind of amusing, really, and if you put yourself in the prophet's shoes, it's like potentially semi-offensive. But there's no two ways about it, right? It's either you have or you don't. And to Samuel's relief, or surprise, or both, Jesse says, oh yes, yeah, I've got one more. He's out tending to sheep. And the prophet goes, okay, bring him. We're not going to sit down until he gets here. The details around the story of how David later came to strike Goliath down is no less intriguing. So he visits his brothers and finds out that this giant dude has been intimidating Israel's army for 40 days. David decides that it's not acceptable that he would fight the giant, but his brothers would not hear of it. King Saul finds out he sizes David up, and he offers his own armor for David to put on. Then we read in 1 Samuel 17, David fastens his sword over his tunic and tries walking around, and he says, I can't go in these, I'm not used to them. The odds were not in his favor. Let's think realistically here. This boy with no military training, no combat know-how, no armor, and no support from even his own brothers. I believe what set him apart was his heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 tells us, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, 
but the Lord looks on the heart. David was deeply committed, passionate for God and God's plan for Israel. The outrage he felt about Goliath's intimidation and harassment towards his own people far exceeded every reason he had to do as his brothers did, which was nothing. To put it another way, at that moment, for this wet-behind-the-ears shepherd boy, the size of what was not right towered above popular opinion, guaranteed favorable outcome, or what was socially acceptable or appropriate. And as we know, David won. One shot with one stone. He gave a different spin to the phrase one hit wonder. Yes, I just made a lame joke. You can chuckle now and cringe later. I invite you to ponder on this. In how you live, relate to people, parent your kids, go about your work, manage your resources, etc. What would be different if you are so passionate about something, so much so that popular opinion, guaranteed outcome, or social decorum does not hold you back? You may know this already, but let it resound in your ears and heart once more today. What God said to Prophet Samuel when he was screening Jesse's sons. The Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. I sense some of us really need this reminder at this juncture. Because right now, you're in the midst of deciding on a new venture, trying something unconventional, or doing something you feel inadequate for and yet drawn towards. And for those of you who aren't, I suspect this also serves as an encouragement to persevere right where you are doing, where you are, doing what you've been doing, but with a braver sense of purpose and commitment. Maybe it's not as dramatic as this amazing victory of David over Goliath. Maybe it's choosing the right kind of neighborhood you want for your kids, your family the people you want your work to actually benefit, or the type of people that your kids would associate with, or who you choose to notice when you're out and about, um, what kind of way you spend time with your family and friends, how you use your resources. Maybe it's little habits you choose so that you can model an alternative consciousness to what is considered the norm around you. Whether major decisions or little daily choices, it's no less impressive and no less brave when someone would, despite the norms and in the face of overwhelming odds or ridicule, the risk of looking foolish, be gripped by a conviction so strong and resolute that he or she refuses to bow to conventional wisdom and chooses a different way of going about things. Having said that, of course being impressive is not our goal, as it was not for David too, I'm sure. But as he considered the options, his response from his heart turned out to be pivotal for him and many other people over time. As a parent, one of the things that deeply concerns me is how to raise the children to be not just decent human beings, 
but people who have an inner compass shaped by God, who are in the world, yet able to self-differentiate from their peers. Even in kindergarten, it already becomes apparent how important it is to raise our kids to value character and not things, virtue and not appearance, backbone and grit and not popularity. Whether or not you have kids, you're bound to have some kind of contact with those of the younger generation, which will surface the same concern sooner or later, if not already. I can't help but recall what a TED Talk presenter named Dr. Colson said about raising courageous, independent thinkers, whom he calls reflective rebels. He said we need more rebels. We need to raise more children who are willing to think for themselves rather than bowing down to the god of popular opinion and getting swept up in that current that sweeps them and all of their friends down the path of least resistance. But this isn't just about the children, right? It's also us. Are there habits or parts of our lifestyle that conform to worldly patterns, which are not aligned with our passion and devotion for the things of God? Are there times we've felt the Spirit of God nudging us to choose differently, to speak or act even if not expected of us, or to stand for something when no one else is, but we brushed Him aside? Or are there times we decided it's better to not rebel against what is not right, so instead we rebel against the promptings of the Spirit of God? For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at our hearts. And hey, I'm speaking to you as I'm speaking to myself. Every single time we choose what we believe God is in favor of, it's a pivotal choice. And it's not because it's popular or the outcome is surely good or that it's most practical or appropriate. No, sometimes it's not. God, is, is He putting it on your heart? Yes. Are you moved by it? Yes. Then go for it. Stand for it. Sling that stone. Never mind that you're the least likely person to beat that thing. God led you up to this point and your heart is willing. Then you know what? What makes it a decisive event is what shifts take place in your brave heart and then the atmosphere that you will impact because of that. So I invite you to spend the next three to four minutes in quiet reflection. Find a place you can sit comfortably with as little distraction as possible. Let's turn our hearts to listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's quiet down in silence for a bit and ask Holy Spirit to speak to you. Holy Spirit, I come bringing my heart. You look on my heart. You know all that is in it. Lord, you look at the heart. What do you see, Holy Spirit, when you look at my heart right now? Show me and pay attention to what God brings to the surface.
Lord, you look at my heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Be still and let God examine your heart. Lord, you look at my heart. Holy Spirit, would you bring to my mind what might be different in me, in my life, in my passions and commitments? If I'm not held back by popular opinion, guaranteed outcome, or appropriateness, then listen to what he says to you. Lord, you look at my heart. Holy Spirit, would you embolden, strengthen my heart today to move to your promptings. Fill me with your boldness today to simply be willing to be used by you. Open your hands and ask God to fill you even now. Lord, you look at my heart. I thank you for all that you put on my heart. I receive your grace for me and how you love to guide me, lead me. Just spend a moment to give thanks to him for this time. Let me pray for you. Dear Holy Spirit, we are grateful to bring our hearts before you. There is no better place to let our hearts be shaped than in your presence, by you, and for your glory. You are the mighty God, and we are your willing servants. And we long to be your people who live and move and have our being in you. A people who would rather put our faith in you than to settle. And even for those of us who may be facing daunting situations even now, or new challenges, and yet you're inviting us to step into a faith-stretching spot, we pray that these ones among us will experience unlikely victories, yet in the name of you, Almighty God, so that your power be manifest, so that we can boast only in you. We look at David and we're reminded of ourselves that you've called us to dare, not based on the size of our ability or skills or whatever, but based on the size of our belief in you who are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine according to the power that works in us by our spirit. So we thank you for being the source of vision, courage, purpose, passion, and confidence for our little hearts. Help us to go about our daily lives keenly aware 
of how you're prompting us and help us to respond in brave obedience even when it's a little scary we ask this in jesus name and we say amen thank you so much guys for tuning into the daily i pray god's grace and peace be with you and hope you have a good good day hey thanks so much for tuning into the daily podcast we'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday if you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out uh, you can look us up on our website www.thecity.sg or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.